I'm VJ Hamilton and welcome to the Autoimmune Reset, the place for you to learn how to thrive with autoimmune disease and feel empowered to take steps to transform your health to feel better than ever. You can start making changes today to improve your health. So with every episode, my mission is to share with you simple ways to up-level your diet and lifestyle with key learnings from my own journey reversing autoimmune disease and inspirational stories from those who have reset their autoimmune symptoms and are now thriving in life. I suffered from autoimmune disease for over 25 years and now I live symptom-free and I wish the same for you as well. So thank you for being here and sharing this time with me. Now let's get started. Hello, well today we are going to be talking about food reactions because I see many of my clients coming to me and they are reacting to lots of different foods and I know in my own health as well when I had what I call my active autoimmune disease, I seem to just react to everything and it was very hard to pinpoint which food was causing a reaction because I just seemed to flare up after eating lots of different meals and I couldn't quite identify which food was causing it. But it seemed like I was getting more reactive. I would cut things out of my diet and I would still get food reactions. And there is a reason why this happens, especially for people with autoimmune disease. And you may know about gluten sensitivity or lactose intolerance with dairy. And yes, these can be part of the picture and this can be almost like the beginning. But there are other reasons why you may have started reacting to lots of food. And the reason for that is because in autoimmune disease, what happens is your immune system incorrectly starts targeting a response against your own tissue and cells. And that's why you end up developing an autoimmune disease because of the damage caused by your own immune system. For example, in alopecia, the immune system targets the hair follicle, so the hair can't grow anymore. And this is, normally the immune system is set to be able to identify your own tissue against an enemy. So we call this like the friend and foe. So your immune system needs to identify foe, such as viruses, bacteria and toxins, because those things need to be targeted and removed from the body because they could cause you harm. Whereas when it's your self-tissue, it really shouldn't be doing that. And there are lots of reasons why your immune system gets fired up against self-tissue. And one of them can actually be to do with food, which we can talk about in a little bit. But with a food your immune system actually has the most amazing ability to be able able to identify food as friend. So it shouldn't really be creating immune response to food. And when you have a food reaction, it is normally your immune system that is initiating an inflammatory response against those foods. Now, you may have heard of leaky gut syndrome, and that is one of the most common reasons why people develop a food reaction. Because with leaky gut syndrome, you have increased intestinal permeability, which means that you have wider gaps in your digestive system wall than you ordinarily should. 
And there are various reasons why that happens. It may be that you have a chronic infection, such as a parasite. It might be that your gut bacteria is imbalanced, which is known as dysbiosis. It can be caused by alcohol and also even overtraining. So there are lots of reasons why you might have this leaky gut syndrome. And because the gaps are wider, it means that you're letting more food particles, which might not be broken down, as well as bacteria, viruses, toxins, anything hanging around in the gut. And that goes into your bloodstream. And as a result of that, your immune system fires up against those foods. And One of the approaches that is ordinarily used with autoimmune disease is that we really think about tightening up those gaps and really reducing the intestinal permeability to help with food reactions. But as as with all these things, that's just one piece of it. And it is very important to focus in on that because that is significant in autoimmune disease. Um, and other and other inflammatory conditions and other food reactions but there are there is more to this picture but let's talk about food reactions generally because you may have heard of the terms food sensitivity and food intolerances and wonder what the difference is because there is a difference and then we have food allergies as well with a food intolerance really that is when your digestive system is not producing the enzymes or the gastric juices that enable that food to be broken down properly. Um, So you may have heard of lactose intolerance, and that is when you don't have the enzyme lactase to break down the lactose, or you don't have enough of it anyway. That is a food intolerance, and because you don't break down the food properly, that can cause other issues, it can cause inflammation, it can cause dysbiosis, it can cause other issues in the gut, but that's really the basis of a food intolerance. So it can lead to inflammation indirectly, but it's more to do with the fact that you can't break down the food rather than initiating an inflammatory response and that's where I get onto a food sensitivity because a food sensitivity is when you are having an inflammatory response to that food and you may have come across um, food sensitivity testing and really that's the basis of that testing is testing it's testing your blood for any antibodies that it can find against those food particles. So that's the basis of a food sensitivity test. Is your immune system firing up against those foods? And I do have a food sensitivity test that I run in my clinic. And there's a lot of debate around the use of those food sensitivity tests, which I do understand, but they are identifying antibodies against those foods. And that's really the basis of a food sensitivity And then with a food allergy, it's a different immune response with a food allergy and it can be a lot more severe. So you would normally have an immediate response to an allergy. And as I said, it can can cause your airways to block and it can cause other reactions. So food allergy is kind of outside of what we're talking about today. When I'm talking about food reactions, I'm talking about both um, food intolerances and food sensitivities. And I'll talk about each one and and where it applies with a food reaction. Because what is happening with this food reaction is you have a loss of oral tolerance. And oral tolerance is when your 
immune system is able to identify that food as a friend. That's what we want to happen. Um, and when this breakdowns, it breaks down when we have leaky gut syndrome because we're letting more food particles into the blood. And also because the gaps are wider, the immune system isn't able to do its surveillance as well as it ordinarily would. Oral tolerance doesn't just mean tolerance in the gut. There are other places in the body where we need this oral tolerance. For example, it might be in our lungs or in our nasal cavity. And those are the types of things that are often missed and overlooked in autoimmune disease because you may react to a chemical, breathing in a chemical or a mould or something that can cause this reaction as well. And it's just really key to bear that in mind. But what what else can cause a breakdown in oral tolerance and cause a food reaction? Well, other things that can cause it is when our gut microbiome is not diverse, and there are various reasons for this, but we really need a diverse gut microbiome. And the way that we are able to increase our diversity of our gut microbiome isn't just isn't just about taking probiotics. What we really need to do, and I, I do often recommend probiotics to my clients, but it's when I see the results of their stool tests and and know where they may have gaps in their in their gut bacteria. But I prefer using polyphenols and prebiotics when we trying to increase the diversity of our gut microbiome, it is actually all about eating lots of different plants and making sure that we're feeding all the different strains of gut bacteria because each gut bacteria thrives on a different type of fibre or a different, or it needs a different nutrient. And that's why when you see the eat the rainbow charts, that's why it's so important for your gut and eating those 10 different fruits and vegetables every day. This is the reason it's important because you really need that diversity in order to keep your immune system in check and not have this loss of oral tolerance. And without that diversity, it can lead to more food reactions. I know I have done these restrictive diets like the autoimmune paleo protocol and they have such a significant place to play in helping you in the short term. But the only thing about doing a restrictive diet is that eventually it will impact your gut microbiome. And that's why I always advocate to all my clients if we do take out any foods over a couple of months at the max, it's then all about, well, how do we start bringing this back in again? And if there is a food that they keep reacting to, then yes, we keep that out of the diet. But it is really important to reintroduce foods. So we're feeding that whole gut microbiome. That diversity is going to help keep your immune system tolerant so you don't have as many food reactions. The other thing that can cause a loss of oral tolerance is what we were talking about earlier, this, the, the, food in, uh, the food intolerances, when you're not breaking down foods as well as you can be. And you can get this insight from a stool test. So I run a stool test in my clinic and it will tell you how well you're breaking down certain foods. For example, how well are you breaking down proteins? How and how well are you breaking down fats? And how, are you, how well are you breaking down carbohydrates? It's important to know this because 
when your immune system becomes fired up against a food, there is another thing that can happen. So for example, if your immune system identifies a sequence on a food particle that hasn't been broken down properly, let's just use ABC. And that sequence, that ABC sequence, is also on, for example, a thyroid gland, then what happens is your immune system almost fires up an inflammatory response against both. So it does it against the ABC on the food and it also does it on the thyroid gland. And as a result, you get damage to the thyroid, which can lead to an autoimmune disease such as um, Hashimoto's. What really is happening here is that because you haven't broken down the protein enough, it still has that ABC sequence on it. But actually, if you had broken down the protein as, as it should be into its constituent parts, so into its amino acids, it won't have that sequence on. And this is why it's so important that our digestion is working optimally and functioning optimally and breaking down those foods. Because by breaking down the foods properly, you are far less likely to have an inflammatory response to them and have this reaction, this cross-reactivity to a self-tissue. And that is how a food sensitivity can develop into autoimmune disease through this process of cross-reactivity. And there's lots of research to support that. It's actually what I did my dissertation on years ago at university. So I do find it really, really interesting. What you can do is you do find and this is not a recommendation. This is just if you if you find that you are not breaking down foods properly, obviously work with a, a health practitioner and nutritionist like myself. When you do, if you do find that you're not breaking down foods properly, then you can add in things like digestive enzymes, which help to break down the proteins. And that is a that is one of the main reasons digestive enzymes are so vital in autoimmune disease that they help you break down these foods and they can help to reduce any autoimmune immune response in the body. But it is definitely worth finding that out first. And sometimes people will take uh, digestive enzymes on an empty stomach. And again, that is to help them absorb into the bloodstream and to start breaking down protein that might be in the bloodstream, which shouldn't really be there and the immune system's firing up against them. So it's just something that you can think about if you are having a food reaction. Now, the other thing that I see time and time again, actually, when I'm working with clients, and I had this myself, is very low secretory IgA in the gut. And you can have it, you can test it in your saliva as well. And secretory IgA is your main antibody in the gut. And it's really, really important to keep your immune system in check. Because we have these amazing immune cells called regulatory T cells and they just keep everything harmonised. They make sure that your immune system isn't wrongly attacking self-tissue. It makes sure that your immune system isn't wrongly initiating response against food. So we need these regulatory T cells and secretory IgA can help with that. It can ensure that your body is able to identify self against non-self. And when it is low, that immune tolerance or oral tolerance can be greatly reduced or can be lost altogether. And I do see this regularly. Secretory IgA is really low in 
many of my clients, and as I said, it was something that I had as well at one point. And there are various reasons why secretory IgA can be low. And secretory IgA, as I said, is, is the main antibody in the gastrointestinal tract. And it, as I said, it really keeps your immune system in check. Now, there are a few reasons why secretory IgA might be low. One of the main reasons is outside of diet. It can be due to stress in the body and it can be an emotional stress or it can also be a physical stress. So, for example, from overtraining. That's... I mean, we can think that we're really helping ourselves out by doing lots of exercise and often we really think about diet when we're thinking about our health and improving our health but it just shows how important with a food reaction it's not just about nutrition and it's about making sure that you're managing your stress levels and that's why in this podcast and generally in my clinic and over on the autoimmunity community I talk a lot about the mind and body and stress management techniques and I truly believe that it's a it's a big part of improving your autoimmune symptoms to really manage your stress response and it took me a while I promise it took me a while to get to that in my own life and it's still something that I work on every day but slowly but surely making sure that you are focusing on bringing more joy into your life having some relaxation time thinking positive thoughts uh I love journaling, meditating, walking in nature. All these things are really, really vital to help improve your autoimmune sy- symptoms. And as I said, it is a it is one of the reasons that your secretory IgA in your gut can be low. And again, you can find this out through a stool test. But other reasons that it might be low might be due to nutrient deficiencies because you do need certain nutrients to produce secretory IgA. It might just be that your microbiome isn't diverse enough like we were talking about earlier and that may be the result of eating a very restrictive diet or eating the same thing every day. You may find that some foods are working for you or you have a go-to recipe that you make every day and just by doing that you can really decrease the amount of different beneficial gut bacteria that you have. And then lastly, you can develop a food reaction when you have a low amount of what we call short chain fatty acids. And one of them you might have heard of is butyrate. Now, short chain fatty acids are actually produced from your gut bacteria. So you can imagine if you have a low diversity of of gut bacteria, then you may find that you are not producing a lot of short-chain fatty acids. And the short-chain fatty acids do have a similar role to the secretory IgA in the fact that they help to activate your regulatory T-cells and keep that immune system in check. You can supplement with butyrate and, as I said, always work under the direction of a nutritionist or health practitioner if you are going to do that. Really, the focus again on is eating a lot of different plants and different foods to help increase the amount of beneficial gut bacteria that you have and make sure that it's in balance as well because when we're eating the same foods every day we might also be creating an abundance of some gut bacteria versus others and that can cause dysbiosis 
I really think getting insight into what is happening in the gut can be really helpful because then you know what your starting point is. And I know myself, I did a stool test when I first started out on my own health journey. And it was really great to see because there was lots of things imbalanced. And I had been going back and forth to the doctors and endocrinologists and as much as there was a few markers out of range, they didn't really know why. And it felt very empowering to do a stool test and see that my secretory IgA was low and my gut bacteria were imbalanced. And there were other things as well that were really insightful. You can you can test for zonulin, which is a marker of leaky gut syndrome. Now, it really gave me lots of information that I was able to work on and that would be my first place to start but if you don't want to go ahead and do a stool test there are lots of other things you can do as well so I mentioned eating the rainbow and there are lots of amazing rainbow charts that you can use every week and and tick off the different fruits and vegetables that you are eating to make sure that you are getting that diversity because each color that you find in a fruit or vegetable represents a polyphenol or a nutrient and that's why we want to get that diversity in and they have different fibers in them as well so really ticking off and making sure that you're having I mean the recommendation is to have 30 different vegetables every every week if you can 30 different ones and preferably 10 portions a day but that might sound like a lot but you can actually get some of these nutrients through herbs you could make sauces when you make a sauce you can throw in lots of different herbs and vegetables and get lots of nutrients just in one sauce you can make some lovely soups you can have obviously you can make side side portions of vegetables you can eat them as snacks you can use vegetables as dips you can make dips from vegetables and and fruits there are lots of different ways that you can start bringing in plants into your diet and a diverse range as well without thinking that you have to fill every single plate full of vegetables and then you can even get some of the nutrients from juices although just be aware that the fiber is stripped away in a juice but you still get those polyphenols now other things that you can do bone broth is really great for helping to reduce the gaps in the gut which can really help with leaky gut syndrome and you can also for increasing secretory IgA as well as using those those things are going to help to calm your stress response you can take things like Saccharomyces boulardii and colostrum and again these are more supplements so when using any supplements it's always really important to work in the direction of a nutritionist or health practitioner and I find with Secretory IgA as well, vitamin A can really help. So natural foods such as liver or cod liver oil are a really great source of that active retinol vitamin A. As I said, when we were talking about Secretory IgA, it is really important to consider managing your stress response. And I mentioned meditation and walks in nature, but there are also some great movement and exercises that you can do like yoga, pilates and tai chi and these can help to calm the body and really help 
with increasing secretory IgA and also laughing and not overthinking. I know a lot of us at the minute are watching a lot of the news and that puts a constant stress on the body when we keep having the negative information that we receive from the news. So I know I don't really watch the news anymore. I'll occasionally update myself on what's going on, but I don't generally have all the notifications going on um, day in and day out because I I feel that it's it's quite impactful actually to my stress. So what I do instead is, as I said, I, I get maybe have an update once or twice a week on what's going on in the world. And instead, I'll be listening to some comedy. I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, which I enjoy as well. Really, that is key to helping to improve your gut health. It really is true that the the gut and the brain are have this channel that they communicate through. And it's key to keeping yourself feeling calm and feeling happy. And that's going to help with your food reactions as well through its impact on your gut health. So I hope you found this useful today and it's given you a bit more insight into the different food reactions that you might be having and why these increase over time because as I said we generally have a loss of tolerance to one thing and then suddenly others develop and it's through these different methods that that can occur and really finding which one it is for you and it might be all of them and it it could well be all of them but really what's going to work for you is by addressing the root of your issue so is it leaky gut syndrome do you have low secretory IgA are your short chain fatty acids low and is your gut microbiome diverse and balanced these are this is information that is going to be really really powerful for you and once you know this you're going to be really able to move on and take strides with your health by by addressing that issue and moving forwards and as I said in the meantime making sure that you're eating that really diverse diet making sure you're eating lots of nutrient dense foods and you are focusing on healing leaky gut all the time because a lot of the time <laughs> the things that we're doing are increasing intestinal permeability and bone broth is a great way to do that and making sure that we have long gaps between meals um, can really help with that as well even as far as doing some form as intermittent fasting which I will talk about on a different episode but as I said I hope you've enjoyed it today thank you for joining me if you have any questions or have any comments then feel free to go over to my Instagram page and you can leave some comments there which is at the autoimmunity nutritionist and also in the show notes I'm going to link to an article on secretory IgA so you have a bit more information about that and if you would like to explore any of my functional testing packages including my stool test package which includes the stool test, a test analysis, a consultation with me and some dietary and lifestyle advice in response to that test result then you can find that in the show notes as well so again thank you for being here today enjoy the rest of your day and i'll speak to you soon thank you very much for joining me today on the autoimmune reset i really hope you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and if you liked it i would hugely appreciate a review on itunes as it helps me understand what you like about the podcast and to help share the information with more people i'm excited to speak to you next time and remember you have the power to take the reins on your health so keep the faith and celebrate the small wins 
Until next time.